Welcome to Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that is taped after dark and is uh, turning things upside down this episode, doing things a little bit differently. We're a little bizarro, if you know what I mean, uh, going a little crazy. Uh, I'm Alex. Uh, yes, and we are in the light. We are just bright and shiny, just having some fun, sitting around playing guitar and getting ready to eat a hot dog and roast a marshmallow. I'm Justin. It's a cold, dark <laughs> evening, and we, the witches three, no, that's no, are no, living no, no, a no. night of terror. No, no, no. Oh, and you were so close. That, oh, was, that, was the chilling, that was the chilling podcast of Sabrina. I don't know. You guys do weird voices sometimes. <laughs> okay. I can't keep track really of this shit. Guys, welcome to Riverdale After Dark. We're going to be talking about Chapter 47, Bizarro Dale, the episode yeah. that aired this week on The CW that, as hinted, flipped things around a little bit, focused instead of the core four on the fear. Five. Yeah. I also would say it's bizarre, Dale, because um, the parents are stupid and the kids are smart <laughs> in this episode. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I, I'm sure we'll get into this more, but I thought there was one thing that I expected from Bizarro Dale getting into it, uh, and that's not what it was. Like, yeah. it was actually, it flipped the dynamic for the better in a strange way. Yeah. Where uh, it, specifically, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but in Jughead's narration, he talks about how. It is Bizarro Dale. They live in Bizarro Dale because there's bears yeah. who attack people and there's candy yeah. drugs and all these things. Hey, let's take a look at normal life. Yeah. Uh, that's not what I was expecting getting into the show at all. And honestly, there's not a ton. It gets pretty wild pretty sure. quick. Uh, but but yeah, I agree with you. I think they did a great job of making the Bizarro sort of in multiple ways, mm-hmm. uh, which I was surprised about. And it was great. Yeah, this was my favorite episode of the season so far. Absolutely. Yes, Alex what? likes humping. <laughs> humping montages. Yeah. No, there was if a lot of character a, work in the episode sure, that I really yeah, liked. You just yeah, like the weird no, sex bunker. A lot of sex God, stuff. Come on. No, I like the character stuff and the talk about LGBTQ representation. Yeah, you like when characters' pants come off. Yeah, That's the I stuff mean, you're As long about. as they're supporting the characters and as long as they're talking about representation, I don't care where their pants are. Oh, okay, wow. Well, great. But you like them down specifically. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a recap for this episode so lots going out in the town of Riverdale but but, yeah we're not going to turn it that upside down Pete yeah no we can't there's still things we need to do there's business to take care of we should just get right into it similar to how the episode still deals with the Gargoyle King we still need to deal with the recap your own personal monster yeah I do think the recap is Pete's Gargoyle King (laughs) absolutely it keeps popping up no matter what he does drink the chalice Alex Oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, so, bunch of stuff going on. Uh, this episode is focusing on Choni. It's focusing on Jesse. It's focusing on Reggie, and it's focusing on Kevin. So, we can specifically talk about them. Though there's a bunch of other things happening in the background. Uh, main thing you need to know about the parents, first of all, though, is back in the day they were part of something called the Midnight Club, and on the Midnight Club, they pay, played what at least they thought was the first game of Griffins and Gargoyles. During the course of it, um, the uh, Gargoyle King 
seemingly first appeared and Principal Featherhead, the principal at the time, died during the game and they agreed to never speak of it again until they all started blabbing about it in recent times almost nonstop. Now everyone's all anyone talks about is yes. Midnight Club this, Midnight Club that. Also on the parents' bent, uh, Tom uh, Keller and Sierra McCoy are getting married. Woo-hoo. They were high school sweethearts. They've reconnected in the present day uh, and they're uh, planning to have a pretty low-key wedding that, of course, means a lot of things for Josie McCoy and Kevin Keller yeah. who are dealing with their own things this episode. Uh, Josie sort of connected a little bit with Archie Andrews last episode, uh, helped bring him back from the brink, nurse him back to health in yeah. a way. Give him uh, a cold they, shower. Yeah, and they agreed to play music together. Uh, she also has struck up a bit of a romance with Sweet Pea of the Southside Serpents that seemingly was killed at the end of the summer, but as we find out, this episode is rearing its head back up a little bit again. Mm, yes. Um, that's Josie. Kevin Keller, meanwhile, is dealing with his own things with Moose. He is trying to make Moose his boyfriend every which way he can. He joined the RROTC in order to do so, but Moose is still very much in the closet. He's very scared of telling his father that he is gay. Uh, Who runs and, the RROTC. Yes, and also, they made a pact at the end of the summer to have sex together, uh, which seemingly has not been followed up on. Meanwhile, Reggie has started dating Veronica. They manage Man a soda... Monica. Fa- yes. Is oh, rising. I'm sorry. Um, yes, Man Monica, right. Uh, they manage a soda fountain <laughs> together. I guess it's it's a bar now, right? It's what? It's a bar, like an alcohol bar. Yeah, yeah. I think we've officially the Bon Nui parties. Right. So they manage the Bon Nui together. A big cool mistake that they made last episode is they burned an incredible amount of drugs. Yep. Uh, but as it turned out, Hermione Lodge, Veronica's mother, had sold them to a buyer as yet to be named. Uh, and so it seems that Veronica and Reggie owe a lot of money there. Uh, and then we got Choni. What's been going on with Choni is uh, they got kicked out of the Southside Serpents, and it was pretty much much Cheryl's fault, to yep. be honest. Yep. Um, so that's what we got going on this episode. Um, oh, also, we discovered that the Gargoyle King is Tall Boy, the tallest man in the room. Yep. Um, uh, last episode? I don't even remember. That two, two, two episodes. Two episodes. Ago. Last two episode up. had nothing to do with the Gargoyle King. Yeah, oh, that's right. right. Uh, so they, we discovered Tall Boy is the Gargoyle King, but we still didn't know who the Gargoyle King was back in the day, and I'm sure other stuff we'll get into when we talk about the episode. So let's get into it, guys. Finally, geez. Sorry, yeah. there's a lot of stuff to go over. Oh, it's like it gets longer every time we do it's it. It's like the sticks and bones get taller, like a tall boy. Yes, that's that's right. Yeah, yeah. maybe uh, maybe small boy was the original Gargoyle King. The, l- let me ask you guys. His name is Gerald Petit. <coughs> See, did yeah. you guys uh, when they kind of unmask the Gargoyle King? What are you so doing? Far away <laughs> I can't. Are, I've been. Whole, I got, you can only not talk about stuff so no, much. There's so much stuff we like, need to set up. What are you even doing? Let's uh, talk about this. We tape like 15 podcasts a week. Do you not understand how this works yet? No, oh, he doesn't God. understand how time works. All yeah. right. Uh, so we have the uh, Keller Mama Cat wedding is uh, <laughs> is a focus of the episode. They're trying to have yeah. the reception at Le Bon Nuit. Well, they don't want to do anything. And then Joe, Josie and Kevin are basically like, if you don't have a reception, the Gargoyle King wins, which was a pretty hilarious line. Yes, because that is not what happens uh, at all. Yep. No. Not even close. Not even close. Also, uh, Tom and Sierra... Super cute this episode. Yes, like, I adorable. like their relationship. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Fantastic. 
I you know, the, of the parents, they have the most solid relationship. Yeah, which probably means one of them is going to die, right? I oh, agree with don't you. Don't say that. Or become uh, the gargoyle king right. of some sort. Yeah. Uh, As we know, there are only single parents in Riverdale. You can't have a happy together couple. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. So, they, can, they can start a new trend, all right? Yeah. They are the couple from the uh, from when they were the childhood uh, mm-hmm. love, uh, the Do sort of Romeo I, and Juliet. Of I show. sort of felt, and uh, I don't know if you guys got this, but from a direction perspective, uh, we saw the uh, kid actors, quote unquote, kid actors playing their parents in the Midnight Club episode. Right. It almost seemed like uh, Robin Givens and I think it's Martin Cummins who plays Tom Keller were taking cues from the way the teen actors acted in that episode on how they acted this episode because it almost felt like they were different characters well, in a way. I think they feel younger because they're yeah. happy and yeah. they're in love. And that's uh, new for them. Yeah. But I thought that was great. Like, yeah. I thought that was a nice job of feeding off the acting and feeding off the history of the show, which I really can't praise this episode enough. I, I really think what they did very nicely was they picked up a lot of the detritus, a lot of the things that we've talked about or even made fun of specifically on this podcast or people do on Twitter and given explanations for them or yeah. made them work for the episode. And that was one of those things. Yeah, I, I think it, that's a good this is a good way. This is sort of like a reset episode where they're like, OK, let's pick up all the little pieces, put it all together, perhaps for the sort of finale rack of this season yeah. that they're building toward. Um, that's uh, a technical term, right? Finale. Rack? Rack? Uh, yeah, I think it's a pool player's term, right? Uh, which is where I get it from. Nice. It's the last rack in the series. Uh, you guys should probably know Justin plays pool professionally. That's right. They call me Upstate New York Fats. <laughs> uh, ironically, because I'm not fat. Oh, oh weird. Mm, it's debatable. Okay. Are from Upstate New York, though. Yes, that's true. <laughs> debatable. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, come on, man. Get to it already with this uh, shit. We have a nice uh, Shoney Chopaz um, bed sesh. Oh, uh, man, on the red satin sheets. Yeah, they are loving adorable. it. Here's They're the thing. adorable. You, you rag on me as if I do a lot of sex stuff, but the second Shoney Chopaz does anything, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, bring it on. No, I'm see, <laughs> no the, you're the one doing the creepy no, stuff. No, 100%. I'm not. tastefully enjoying it. No, you're not. I, you, rewind this podcast and listen to your own voice. Hey, Pot Kettle, you're both pervs. Let's move <laughs> on. Uh, they uh, are, they're in bed getting their SAT scores, as yes. they do. They took the SAT a week ago, two weeks ago, and they got their scores back. Um, Cheryl does pretty well. She doesn't give the number. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Tony got a perfect score. Right. It's insinuated. Which is crazy. Yeah. She's super yeah. smart, guys. Uh, the other thing that I thought was nice about this, getting back to like the detritus thing, a lot of people have been wondering about two things. One, whether Tony and Cheryl took the SATs at all because they were completely absent that episode. Yeah. Uh, and two, they, there's been a longstanding thing about how old Cheryl is mm. because Jason, I, I think we talked about this, but Jason yeah. was a seemingly a senior in high school when he dated Polly uh, and at least a year older than Cheryl it seemed like, except for the yeah. fact that they're twins. So there's been a lot of questions surrounding that. This pretty definitively points to Cheryl being in junior year with everybody else, right? Definitely. And yeah. I think what we're going to realize is that she is not at all related, uh, as we've sort of been, it's been pointed at, because yeah. the Sisters of the Quiet Mercy, and so she maybe is their age. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's just the twin thing was just a weird lie. Yeah, yeah say. I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll find out. But other, it is something that should be referenced, like, wait, your twin brother's two in two grades over you? Yeah. That's very odd. Yes. Um, he could have skipped ahead. Yeah, he could have. Or she could have been held back. Held behind, but with a, such a great SAT score. That happens, dude, sometimes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. As we learned, uh, Alex has an SAT score, and I do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and we know what, the, what those ones are. Pete, 
refuse it to say is. I don't. F- I didn't memorize my fucking score. Sounds like you had a pretty low score then. Um, her, if you can't memorize it, uh, Hermione puts Man Monica on the hook for the drugs they burned. She right. literally makes them. She's like, "Well, I'm not going to deal with it." And they're like, "Well, but it's your thing." And they're but like, "She's in the big leagues now, okay?" Yeah, that's what she says. You're in the big leagues. What the fuck does that mean? They're not playing baseball. Uh, <laughs> That's wow! So, Got to see the metaphor there, Pete. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just <laughs> saying that it's cold coming from your mom, going like, "Hey, you know, you want to act like, you know, you don't live in this well, house think, and we don't take care uh, of you." I, I look at it as like a you smoked a cigarette now smoke all the cigarettes thing, right? They went ahead and they burned all the drugs and all the equipment. They got to deal with it. They do. They got to smoke all those cigarettes, the candy uh, cigarettes. Yes, which I, are I mean, also full of drugs. I uh, I agree with that, but it's just uh, they just go along with it when sure, sure Hermione's would definitely be the one who's still on the the Man Monica storyline was the most interesting, not actually the most interesting, but the most surprising to me because that was the one to me that felt the most straight up Riverdale, where it was yeah. just them being like. Hey, you know how our Bad Boys 2 plan was pretty dumb last episode? Get ready for this episode. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, and it was fun, and it was fun to watch. But as opposed to the other ones that really did focus on Shoney Chopaz, focused on, uh, what are we calling, Coos? Coos? Coos. The Coos is loose. Uh, focused on Coos. Focused on... Loosen. Jesse. <laughs> Josie. Uh, and all of them. Reggie, we didn't really exactly get a Reggie storyline. Like, we kind no. of did. But it was still just a straight-up Mad Monica Veggie storyline. Yeah. Though I will say Veronica in this episode wasn't really present. She felt like she was just going along being like, okay, yeah, right. yeah what are we doing? So... So I don't know. It, it just made it seem like it was uh, Reggie. The man Monica amounts to one Archie. Like if we were to do some sort of <laughs> sure. math, like character math here. I, I still, I am really enjoying Charles Melton's performance so much. Yeah. He is playing the dumb of Reggie so well. And his delivery on stuff is so funny. I agree. And man Monica, their relationship is good. And I'll tell you what, it's hot. Yeah. Oh, now who's the perv? I'm not talking about, I'm not sitting here Dude, being weird like you guys. I'm just saying that's a hot relationship. That's pretty weird, dude. No, it's yeah, not. Whatever, yeah. dude. So then Cheryl has like a bad uh, kind of like interview with her college. So she's trying to get into um, the college that um, her family's gone to for generations, Highsmith College. And uh, she goes for the... Well, for, before that, we get a, a hot reference to the TV show Ozark, which I'm glad that the kids have time that's for great. peak television. That, that, is, that is classic Veronica, though. Yeah. Just like dropping references to things clearly 15 years above her age. Do you think she has wa- the character has watched the show or is she just referencing it? She's probably just referencing it. I can't imagine uh, her and Reggie hanging out in bed being like, oh, God, got to get one, one more episode. <laughs> I love Jason Bateman. I feel like they just on the they burned all those drugs, and then before they got back into the murder investigation, they're tied up in. They watched a couple quick episodes of, <laughs> of Ozark. Ozark. Yeah, you think so? You know what probably happened was they finished Longmire and they didn't know what to watch next, yeah, and they're definitely. like Ozark. They'll can probably we, go back and watch Deadwood one more time. Can we fucking move on? With sure, this? no problem. I yeah. wouldn't put it past this show to have them be like, "Hey, did you guys watch Riverdale last night?" <laughs> <laughs> Veronica is somehow watching their television show. (laughs) That would be awesome. Just to quietly do that. So as we were saying, Cheryl's trying to get into this school. She gets there and the the mean administration lady is like, oh, we're pursuing diversity. Cheryl's like, yeah, right. My mom fucked this up for me somehow. I was like, that was weird. Which is great because I feel like 
after that trend, I'm glad her as a character is smart enough to realize, you know, like, okay, this isn't the first time my mom's done something like this. I'm going to be aware of it and react accordingly. Because yeah. we didn't have to watch her go, what, what, and then kind of find out later she was smart enough to be aware of the situation. Uh, yeah, you want to follow that uh, that storyline for a little bit? Sure. sure. Uh, Cheryl then goes to confront her mother at the Maple Club, the yeah. sex club of Riverdale, yeah. the official sex club of Riverdale. Right. And um, we f- we find out that uh, that Penelope is stopping her from going because she's gay. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was very odd. No, that was established last season. I her know. Mom was super pissed about it. I know, but like, it doesn't uh, to me that just has something to. It's like, what is the What's the point? What do you mean? Just as a front, as a, a, she's like, I hate that my daughter is gay. Why does stopping her from going to college? She doesn't want anything for her. At this point, this is the way that I she's see it. She's punishing her. Yes. Saying. Well, the it's way that I see punishment. it in terms of the continuity is that she hated the fact that Cheryl was gay. There's certainly been intimations that uh, Penelope back in the day may have had some sort of bisexual or lesbian feelings as well. Yeah. Um, And those were tamped down. Certainly we find out a lot more about that with other characters in this episode. Um, So she, similar to the other character we find out, might be taking that out on Cheryl, perhaps, if you want to intuit that. But just on a base level, she... Stopped Heather. She kicked Heather out back in the day. That was Cheryl's first yeah. uh, lesbian love interest. Uh, she shut that down. Cheryl tamped down those feelings for years. Eventually, they came out with Tony. Uh, and immediately, Penelope's reaction was, I hate you. You're terrible. You're an aberration. And sent her to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy for conversion therapy. Yep. And from that point on, Cheryl retook her power and proceeded to methodically take down Penelope, take over Thornhill, take the money, take all the power away from her. So the way that I see it, nothing's changed with Penelope. She's always thought Cheryl is an aberration because of her uh, lesbianism. But this is the first time that Penelope has had the power over Cheryl. Yeah. I I guess that's what I think is weird. This seems like such a side thing for her. Like... I would think Penelope would try to take more direct power over her. And to me, this is such a like a petty uh, sideways thing to do. Sure, I can kind of see what you're saying. But in terms of the span of the episode, it is the plot mechanic that keeps it going on. And yeah. I'd yeah. rather that happen and we deal with it and it become resolved this episode rather than her take back Thornhill and take back her money and kick her out of there or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, I was glad we were dealing with it again and dealing yeah. with it head on because I think that's a conversation that has been long overdue and I'm glad they had it both with Cheryl and Penelope and Cheryl and Tony as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And I also like the way it feels like, feels like it mirrors real life with the casual cruelty of it, as opposed to it being like a grand villainous reveal. Yeah. Like that to me felt very real. So I, I, I also agree with really that. liked how Tony finally confronted Cheryl about the fact that she was upset about being kicked out of the serpents and how it's, well, yeah, fault. The, uh, do we want to jump over to that? Yeah, sure. Um, so meanwhile, what's going on with Kevin and Moose is, as we teased earlier, they can't really get it together. Moose is hot and heavy with Kevin, um, but very hesitant to move things forward. Doesn't want to tell his dad because he's very scared of coming out. Kevin is bummed about that, and Cheryl goes up to him and has a talk with him uh, and says, nobody should be in the closet. You know, this is 2019. Well, I love the line she says, being gay is anything less than rapturous, which yeah. I thought was, that was such a great fantastic. line. Well, I think, so... 
the thing that was interesting about this that Cheryl, in a very real way, I felt, comes to deal with in this episode is she has handled coming out in her very Cheryl way, yeah. which is, I am lesbian, and I am now the best lesbian in the world. Yeah, right. complete ownership. Right. But she's skipped all the steps in between. She skipped the understanding, the learning curve, yeah. and that's what she goes through here. So she makes a huge mistake immediately yeah. with Kevin, where she's like, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make this better in my most Cheryl way possible. I'm going to get an announcement, give a not particularly blind item about Kevin and Moose, and that's going to force Moose to come out of the closet. Particularly, like, basically outing him. Like, right. she yeah. all but outs him on the morning announcements. Uh, Tony will... Uh, can, I, can I ask you a quick question just to sure. take a step back, just because this was a strange thing that happened twice in the episode, uh, and I was curious to get your guys' take on it. So, in that scene with Kevin, there's a very clear lingering shot of her taking and holding Kevin's hand, yeah. and then later on, they have a very similar shot when she puts her hand on Moose. You know, when yeah. they're in the diner later on. Uh, what do you think that shot meant? Uh, to me, it was about just like, uh, just personal touch, personal connection. Like, I'm here to support you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Just like almost but, like, almost like an, ins- not instructional really, but sort of like, look, this is how you talk to people. <laughs> this yeah. is how you like reach out and show empathy and how you're understanding what someone's going through. Also, I felt like for Cheryl, who's usually mm-hmm. like, either get in line with what I'm doing or I'll fucking steamroll you. It was a softer <laughs> approach yeah, where that, she is trying to learn and be a better person through her and Tony's love. And I think that that was something that was kind of showing a little bit of her softer side. All right. I can buy that. Uh, yeah. So she does the blind item and then it immediately wrecks Moose. who's very yeah. upset. Um, one little side note that I'll mention with this episode, I've been pretty down on Coos. Like, I, it's not a relationship that yeah. I've been into at all. This episode completely sold me on them. Yeah. Oh, like, my God. Uh, I thought Cody Kearsley, who plays Moose in particular, was great in this yeah. episode. I was so worried about how this was all going to go. Mm-hmm. I was super stressed because the dad is a, seems like a very evil dude. Yeah. So I was worried about the outing over the loudspeaker and what that was going to mean. And I was like, this asshole is not going to take it well, but I was really happy with the direction the show went with this and how it was handled. And just to see the excitement on Moose's face. Was in just, terms of the, Oh, go I ahead. was going to say, I feel like we've doubted Moose's feelings for Kevin yeah. because of the way he's been treating him. It felt like he was taking advantage of Kevin yeah. and not willing to be upfront. And in this, I feel like we were prove We saw that like he does really, like love or care for at least care for Kevin and, and he was just afraid. Yeah. So I thought that was, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was great. And the other thing, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but just to kind of bounce off something that Pete said, um, because I was nervous too. And I think, this has to do with the fact that this is a little bit off the regular Riverdale episode, so it felt fresh, and maybe in any other drama that had beats like this, any episode, it wouldn't have the same impact. But because we actually spent so much time with the characters, and with Kevin and Moose in particular, when they're eventually thrown in danger uh, towards the end of the episode, that was the first time in a very long time I've actually been worried about any characters on Riverdale. Yeah. And that was all because of the emotional... When they were doing the phone calls, I was like... I immediately knew. I was like, oh, no, the sex bunker. <laughs> no, they're finally getting to have their moment. And it's yeah. not. I was. Oh. Yeah, it's great. Again, I, I can't say enough about the structure of this episode. I think it was a really, really well written across the board. Yeah, Bob. a lot of emotion, big emotional beats tied yeah. with the plot beats. Yeah. And speaking of that, we have the Cheryl and Tony heart to heart where Tony's like, hey. 
you fucked up. Yeah. And was great. And Cheryl's trying to be like, oh, it's our first fight. And Tony's like, no, this is this, not bullshit. Yeah, this, this is real. You don't understand what you're doing. Yeah. You're wrecking all these people's lives. And you don't even understand what I'm going through, even though you claim to be the person that cares for me the most. And I thought that was just really directly and well done. Like, this show is... This episode in particular was sort of like, hey, here's how you like p- protect yourself and take care of yourself in life. Yeah. Also, uh, for yeah, real people. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, how great was it? Because I was like, oh, God, what's Cheryl going to come back with after she was kind of really yeah. confronted? Because I was worried she might go Cheryl and go over the top and, like, have a real fight. But the fact that she was, realized how wrong she was and then did those steps was just so amazing to see. Yeah, it, there were three I scenes. thought I loved Cheryl <laughs> so much before this episode, but then after, it's just it's even there great. There was an amazing acting job by both the actresses, and there were three moments in the episode that just like completely wrecked me. The first one was this one, and probably the biggest one. Like That scene in the bathroom, they completely crushed that, the way that they yeah. did that, and yeah. it, uh, it gutted me. That... The scene towards the end with Kevin and Moose, oh, which man. I can't believe how emotionally invested I was in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the scene also, which we'll get to in a moment, of Josie sitting alone in the room and talking about how she's lost everything in her life. Again, Ashley Murray, really good actor job yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, just great moments across the board. Uh, yeah, do we want to sort also, of... The- the talk that Cheryl then has with Moose about how wrong she was was also really an amazing yeah. acting moment and got me. Uh, let's talk about uh, Josie and Archie. Uh, let's oh, sort of put their plot go. to bed because they're sort of on the side having their own thing. Here mm-hmm. we go. Um, Josie uh, meets up with Sweet Pea to try to get a get him as a date for the and wedding. He's Love like, yo, this. is this a booty call? What's up? Yeah. but uh, So Peacat apparently happening a little bit. And then he's like, honestly... I don't know if I can emotionally handle this right now. And I was like, what the fuck, Sweet Pea? Where is this? Is this why they call him Sweet Pea? Because he's usually pretty sour pea. Okay, so, I mean, you guys know that I get, like, a ridiculous amount of people hitting me up on Tumblr and Twitter and whatnot asking questions. You're still on Tumblr? I'm still on Tumblr, bro. Uh, Even though all the pervy stuff's gone? Yeah, yeah. I thought you were 21. I was like, one post a day, and that's all I'm going to put out. But, like, I bleep the stuff out, and it's all good. Nice catch on. You know what I'm talking (laughs) about. Uh, People hit me up all the time being like, hey, any sweet pea in this episode? Is there any sweet pea in this episode? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I, why do you care about this at all? Like, I'm sure Jordan Connor is a a very nice guy. I don't understand it at all. Until this episode yeah. where he's sweet. Yeah, he is. He's a nice guy. Just yeah. living in his tent. I was yeah. happy to see the inside of the tents as well. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was just such a weird moment because he's like booty call. He's like, I'm not emotionally ready for this. Yeah, who is he emotionally ready for, though? You know, who could Sweet Pea be with? I, I we we may never know. I, I think uh, we made a new character towards the end of the episode called Peaches and Cream. Yeah. I think it's going to be Sweet Peaches and Cream. Wow, oh, what wow. a gross dish. <laughs> uh, following up on, so then Josie uh, go hangs out, goes and hangs out with Archie. Um, uh-huh, she has her uh-huh. big Juilliard audition. She's afraid to tell anybody else, her mom, because she doesn't want to fail in front of her mom. Yeah. And Archie says, oh, I'm sober now. I'll drive you to this Juilliard audition. Mm-hmm. Archie Cat is rising. Um, she goes to wait, the Wait, audition. I want to talk about the diner moment, too. I okay. know I'm calling out every single thing of this episode. But uh, it was so nice to see Archie not being like, 
I'm going to kill what's ever in front of me and eat a crazy amount of eggs. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. I'm really angry about everything. To see him happy and smiling and supportive, yeah. like that's the Archie from the comics. He was a regular man in this episode. It was mind-boggling to me yeah. that he didn't Bizarro somehow Archie. like... That's She's in the middle of her Juilliard audition, and suddenly Archie like stumbles onto stage and starts a gang or yeah. something. It was bizarro, and that Archie didn't fuck up and yeah, was he, mostly smart. Yeah, and also <laughs> like, what a great job of like being in the back. So that, like, if she's nervous, she can just look up and see Archie there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. great. So great. Oh. Uh, unfortunately, though, she did not get a call back to Juilliard. Devastating. And she's like, and also, I don't have a date for this uh, this wedding. And Archie's like, I'll do it. I'll do the date. I'll do the date job. <laughs> hey, I'll I, do the date. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> just like, I'm like, the best at dating. Yeah. Hey, I, can, was, I have a car. Hey, yeah. hey, I can be a date. Yeah. Hey, I'm helpful. He's a golden retriever he through is. and through. Yeah. Um, and he does it. Here. But again, to the point we were just talking about, not at all destructive this episode. No. Actually helpful. Just, it's like when a golden retriever just brings the ball back and sets it down and isn't, isn't covered in drool. <laughs> uh, so um, we, following their storyline, they get back into music together. Oh, man. Like they're having hey, the time of their life. sing together. The montage at the end of the episode, they just uh, I just wish Archie and sing. wouldn't sing. It would be great. Play what? the guitar. Play Why? the guitar. No, he's no, a good it's voice. Good. They're good. It's okay, but Josie's is so much better. And uh, Have you ever seen a picture of him and his band? He's a band with Joaquin. Cool. Uh, in cool. Canada, I guess. And yeah. uh, he looks like the Joker. <laughs> Great. <laughs> with big orange hair and the green lights from the stage cool, and everything. Cool, cool, cool. And we, cool. We, the last, moment of the, ep- the last moment of the episode, which was not at all a reveal, is that uh, Archie Cat is here. Yes. They have a little kiss. It's sweet. Oh, man. I love that moment. I am a... I'm a complete sucker. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Complete sucker for that. Yeah. Yeah. Total sucker in any TV show or movie when somebody's like, can I kiss you? And then she kisses him. Yes. Great. My heart. What do we think about this relationship? I think that she is probably heading to the Riverdale spinoff, and that's not long for this world. Wow. Oh, Stay out of the trades, Alex. Yeah, yeah, hey, uh, six just... picks, Nick's flicks, okay, buddy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, why can't Big we just... B-O. Big B-O. Uh, Why can't we just enjoy it without you bringing that outside bullshit in? No. Uh, but honestly, this relationship will be sweet for a couple episodes. It's going to make uh, Veronica very jealous. It's going to fuck up man Monica, and I think it's going to make Betty jealous. And set what? us up for Barchi. Oh, you no. always think Barchi is coming. Always. No, we're getting there. No, we're not. Yeah, we're getting there. Never. I feel like I'm an inventor who's like, yeah, if my time machine works. <laughs> Barchi's coming. Uh, I don't think Barchi is equal to a time we, machine. Uh, not to get too in the weeds on it, should we talk about the spinoff at all, or at least give information for those sure, who don't yeah. know? Uh, so there is a spinoff being developed called Katie Keene, based on the Artie Shikamis character. Uh, it is being developed by Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa and and, um, that guy Mike, does good work. He does good work. Yeah. Uh, and Mike, oh, I'm forgetting his last name. It's like Grizel or something like that. It's directed by Maggie Kiley, who directed a couple of episodes of Riverdale and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, and the two details that they've uh, said so far, beyond the fact that it is a musical dramedy set in New York, following a couple of iconic Archie Comics characters as they... Alex is like... Oh, I love this. <laughs> I Musical love dramedy in New York. Oh, I'm so excited. Finally, uh, glee for something you already like. Yep. Uh, it's like Smash, but maybe good. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, Josie is headed to the show, but it's a 20-something Josie McCoy, also played by Ashley Murray, because it takes place after Riverdale. Cool. So technically, it takes place in the future. 
That's badass. Yeah. Yes, Pete, you have a question. You were raising your hand. Um, Yes. You're saying this keen person, have we met her in Riverdale? No. There was a mention of Veronica's friend Katie in one of the early episodes, but it might be somebody different. Katie Keen is a classic Archie Comics character. A lot of people think that uh, Katy Perry may have ripped off her style from Katie Keen, though she says, I absolutely didn't do that. Um, But uh, she was one of those model characters in like the 50s and the 60s. She had a bit of a resurgence in the 80s and the 90s as well. So it's focusing on her, but Josie is her roommate. Uh, and about, there was kind of a leaked cast list. Um, it seems like about half the characters are Katie Keene supporting characters, and a half of the characters are Pussycat supporting characters. Um, so it seems like kind of this mishmash like, between the two of them. You think it's but, like Jam and the Holograms versus the Misfits? Oh, Yes. One hundred percent. Now we're talking. Um, uh, so the weird thing about it is, do I think the relationship is going to end if that show is picked up? Yes, absolutely. But why can't but she do both shows? She's going to be a series regular on Katie Keene if that happens. But they're not going to have a regular relationship with Archie with somebody who might pop in every couple of episodes. Also, it's in the future. It'd be very strange if Archie's like, "Hey, I'm still here." <laughs> to the future, right. Josie. I, I, my suspicion again, and then we can wrap up talking about this if we want. Uh, but my suspicion is. Katie Keene is going to be to Riverdale very similar to the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is. Like, it's all going to be like they're different comic books. Like, they yeah. reference each other, but they're not exactly in the same continuity, but they're also not not in the same continuity. Right. Just think of the Easter egg possibilities of a show set in the aftermath of Riverdale. Right. Like, uh, there's definitely going to be some fun there. Yeah. Aren't you married that bear? Yeah. True love. Pulling the ponytails. Okay. Where the fuck were we? So, okay. Chill. Uh, let's talk uh, Man Monica. Uh, so, so she was crunching the numbers, and that was just hysterical. I'm just trying to picture Veronica looking over oh, all the numbers. Oh, she has done that in multiple episodes, bro. I know, bro. but like, how Don't much be money... sexist, bro. I'm not. I'm just saying how much money is coming into your soda so pop much. place. We've already established that it is, in fact, an actual alcohol bar. They're right. selling booze now. Yes. Uh, and they make a lot of money. They're packed every night. They got Josie McCoy. They got Kevin Keller, maybe, as the MC, though we've never seen that beyond the first night. Okay, uh, cool. What we did see is that Reggie doesn't understand how money works, because he's like, I'm going to rob my dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's me in the future. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> dumb just scam. robbing future First me idea, and like, how like, can we make that hey what can we make that buddy oh do people still rob banks yeah. yeah, let's do that. I, I love was. how uh, she t- takes her glasses off and is like, "That's just crazy enough to work." But yeah. wow, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, right? And that vibe continues when they do rob his uh, <laughs> dealership, and he gets straight up shot. Yeah, well, also, but he's okay. He is just crazy. Chill. It looked like he went through his arm. It did look like he went through his arm. Turns out later it grazed him. I love the conversation where he's like, yo, I can't wait to tell everybody about this cool scar. And Veronica's like, you cannot tell anybody. You will be busted. Also, it was Veronica, horrible getaway driver. He gets in and she's like starting a conversation about what happened. Veronica, the whole point of a getaway driver is you got to get away from the place you just robbed. You can't talk about what happened and then drive. I'm on board with the man-Monica relationship. But at the same time, I feel like Veronica has very heavily traded down in the intelligence from Archie. Reggie's head is basically filled with like leftover rocks from Archie's head that maybe fell out of his ears and then bounced into Reggie's head. But I got to say, they seem to get along better. Absolutely. So, yes. But I, again, the dad hasn't found out about this relationship. Hiram? This, yeah, as soon as he does... 
He's gonna try to end it, or we'll see what happens. I don't think they're gonna get. They might have to. He's gonna have to wrestle his dad again. It's gonna be a whole thing. (laughs) You think they're just gonna remake last season, but with Reggie? I don't know, man. I'm just saying the dad has a gauntlet that you got to go through to date his daughter. That would be a great montage of just a shot for shot remake (laughs) of all of the Archie versus Hiram stuff from last season and slot it in here. Very fun. Yeah, just every once in a while, like wrestling bones. Yeah, (laughs) waiter bones. Uh, so, um, following on man, Monica, um, they are like, uh, Hermione's like, you got to go meet the buyer. It's going to not be the buyer. It's going to be an intermediary, but you got to go meet him. They go there and who gets out of the car? Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones had me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The counting crows score yep, yep. the whole thing. Uh, Gladys Jones is back and Woo-hoo! she is not the intermediary at all. As it turns out, she's actually the buyer. Uh, so she was lying to Jughead. Back in Toledo, yeah. she is very heavily into crime. Yes, big time. And uh, Riverdale crime. She, uh, that entrance was so great. The music was great. Her coming out, her yeah. saying, oh, great, yeah. more teenagers. Yeah. Very, very funny, funny. line. Yeah. Uh, and I love how she immediately, as she explains to Jellybean later, sets it up. So very casually, she's running the entire town. Oh, yeah. shit. That was crazy. Which felt a little cocky to me. She's running the town she already. She just got there, yeah. Well, well, because the way she's running the town is because Jellybean is nice to FP as opposed to horribly mean to him, which is the way she was last time. And because he's the cop, they're like, we run this town, which I was like, Things yeah. get fucked up way, You've way. You've been outside easier. of Riverdale for a little yeah. while. Yeah, exactly. You live in a garbage dump in Toledo. <laughs> yeah. Like, Riverdale's a little more murdery. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see. But it definitely sets up a really interesting dynamic in a lot of ways, uh, not just for F Palace, uh, yeah. but also for Hiram versus Gladys. That's definitely coming as well. Can't wait. Uh, and it'll be great to see Jellybean and how she interacts with the rest of the gang, particularly yeah. with her crush on Archie. How's she going to feel about Archcat, you know? Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. Not happy. Yeah. Not happy but I'm happy for Jughead, though. He got his sister back. Yeah. yeah. She's just going to be scribbling Archie Bean in the back of her Trapper Keeper. Oh, man. Uh, but now it's time to talk about the grand climax of the show, of this episode. The Gargoyle King? Uh, the Gargoyle King. Sierra and Tom uh, are having some fun. They're having like a lovely uh, sort of breakfast in bed. And then... They get a little note from the Gargoyle King that they must complete Ascension Night with the Midnight Club. Now, let me ask you guys. This is something I brought up earlier, and you guys shut me the fuck down. As soon as they were at that restaurant and they say, hey, uh, we're getting married. Uh, can you come? And that dude was like, I have to check my calendar. I was like, that's the motherfucking Gargoyle King. And I fucking called it. What? That's the first time I've been right about something like that in episode. And it was very exciting. That's because you don't trust calendars, right? No, it's just because like that was the rudest thing to say, but also clicked for me like... Here's a guy who's powerful. He has all these like minions around him. It's interesting like, that you point out the calendar instead of the line where Sierra is like, ooh, he's always been jealous of our relationship. Yeah. Which seems like a little more of a clue to me than uh, let me check my calendar. Uh, just the tone. Like, I, he was immediately angry. I was like, the only person who would be that angry is a motherfucking Gargoyle King. But here's the thing, which we'll get to in a moment. He may not be the Gargoyle King. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get there. But he was... Temp- That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of people that are the Gargoyle King. I think everybody is the Gargoyle King. Yeah. Uh, so um, to follow up on that, uh, the Midnight Club is sneaking back into the school. Um, Moose and Kevin, uh, we are, we get the final reveal that the sex bunker is indeed a sex bunker. And oh, also... That was great. Veronica <laughs> was gross. Out. She's like, yo, you want to clean the sheets? Cheryl. It was Cheryl. Cheryl. Oh, Cheryl. Cheryl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She apologizes that, to that Moose. That again, I know I mentioned this earlier, but that was one of the things where it was like, this is... 
Twitter come to life yeah. and uh, commenting inside of I this episode, it. being like, "That's gross." Yeah, uh, someone was dead there for a while. Like Archie <laughs> bleeded out. Uh, uh, like, and I also love that they have timeshare on it now. And they're like, "Hey, I'm gonna fuck in this bunker tonight." <laughs> it, it's really, honestly, though, it's the most like teen thing. Like I feel yeah. like that is yeah. spot on. Absolutely. Uh, we found a private place to dibs. phone. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Uh, definitely. Um, so the Midnight Club sneaking back to the school. Uh, Penelope has a cyanide antidote uh, <laughs> in the cool Just little box. Just a great Just, thing. Really I was super surprised that didn't come into play. Like, that was the moment where yeah. I thought, oh, maybe Penelope is the Gargoyle King or working with the Gargoyle King because somebody's cyanide prevention is going to fail. Yes. I, I agree with that, but I also like it as a misdirect because we have a great misdirect coming up in this episode. The lodges enter from the dark. They're just Which hanging out in the school. They didn't drink the antidote. And I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Um, Penelope starts screaming. Um, they walk into the classroom. There's no, they were trying to find the chalices. Yeah. Can't find the chalices. Can't find the chalice. They walk into the classroom. Here's the thing. Phallus couldn't find the chalice. Yeah, oh, <laughs> exactly. Phallus uh, couldn't they find the to? chalice. <laughs> they had malice. Uh, they were so callous. Uh, the... Uh, there's a written in blood or red paint mm-hmm. is got you and there's a big gargoyle uh, king face and they're like wait what does this mean oh no our kids we do a great Riverdale teen hump oh, montage everybody synced up everybody's, everybody's humping around yeah. uh, we but have- I I know you guys made fun first of me first time I saw episode. Betty though and I was like oh Betty I love this montage. Like yeah. I thought this was. I love this montage. Uh, all right, shut up, <laughs> shut up. I'm trying to say something real. Forget about the sex for a second. All right, I'm just saying the way that it was filmed and constructed and put together. Like you said earlier, Pete, everybody seemed to be in danger. I love them calling everybody. Yeah. Everybody having their own things going on. Cheryl being like, "What do you want, Night Hag?" Yeah. Is me laugh out loud. The whole that whole thing. I agree Cheryl. with you. It was so well done. Oh, so Everyone good. seemed. Uh, it was scary, but exciting because everyone's just like yeah. happy and in love. It was it, just, it, it was well directed, well acted, and also well edited. Yes, mm-hmm. 100%. Cross the board. We do see Bughead for the first time, honestly. Yeah. I was happy to have a break from them. Yeah. This episode. I think Fuck that's, you. No, I think that's okay. Fuck you. That was the whole point of this episode, Pete. And I'll you. tell you what, I liked it. I was like, oh yeah, those guys. Fuck you. <laughs> it was glorious uh, to see them. Uh, but didn't, didn't you enjoy how you had a break from them so you got to be surprised? I, it was just I great did feel that way. I, like, I, I felt that way the way that we get to see Shoney in a regular episode where I was like, yeah. oh, they're also here. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. it was much I more pleasant. I screamed Betty. I clutched my pearls. I was like, Betty! <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, you guys might not know, but uh, Pete actually wears pearls when he watches an episode of Riverdale. Yeah, that's His right. special TV pearls. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, then we land on Moose and Kevin in the bunker. Boom. Uh-huh. Gargoyle gang shows up uh-huh. there. Quick question. Do you think they did it or did they not do it? I they think didn't. they were getting toward doing they it, were, but didn't do it. Yeah, okay. they were still lighting the candles. They spent too much time on the no, candles. No, they lit the candles and then they were making out and then they were lying there in full clothing. Yeah, yeah so they but were I, still... I, I, that's I, a big they, clue they didn't do I don't know. Do I think yeah. they did it because they were just lying there kind of... No, you don't put your clothes down. back on like that afterwards. Well, you think they did do it or did not? I think they did. You did? Oh, yeah, I do think they did. I feel like... I would have. We would have heard from by the end of the episode. I feel like they would have. One Kevin or Moose would have said like, at least that we got to do that. Yeah, yeah we yeah, got to fair. have sex. Okay, um, because it uh, it it felt <laughs> pretty crazy if they did, and that's when it all happened. Right, because that's a bad way to have your first time. 
uh, Gargoyle Game grabs Moose and Kevin into the woods. They have to flip for their fate right before it's all going down, where one of them will potentially die. The gang is busted up. Um, you forgot to mention Cheryl shoots the Gargoyle King with an arrow. Yes, which was always a great moment. Definitely oh, badass. Fantastic the it's, way everybody shows up. I just to love, save the day. I just love that the town is fine with like, okay, let's go get him. Every uh, sheriff, you have your gun. Oh, Cheryl, what are you? What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> we got archery. What do you have a cloak? No, on? That's uh, Penelope said, right? Penelope was like, grab your, get your bow. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that was interesting. I mean, just to get back to what you were saying earlier, how did you feel about that moment? The fact that we went through this whole arc where Penelope is talking about her daughter as an aberration, trying to keep her out of college. They're jockeying for power, but at the end of the day, when her life is on the line, she is seems to be at least actually scared for Cheryl's life. Well, but that's what that's why I think it's incongruous. It, it's weird to me. She like does these petty revenges, but she talk, she calls her an aberration, which is like hugely harsh for any kid to hear. And then she also sort of seems like she cares about her. So I don't know it's the, that tough love. Baby. Those those three things don't make sense to me. No, I think it does. I think it just it's one of those things where it's like. You can love somebody and be super mad at them, you know, uh, but when it seemed like when the chips are down, their relationship is okay, which... She also was trying to stop her from going to college, which definitely impacts her life. Yeah. Right. I, I will, just to throw out a theory to you, what if, based on this episode we know, which we're getting to in a moment, uh, the Gargoyle King turns out to be Moose's dad, who is also went through the conversion therapy at the Sisters of the Quiet Mercy. Uh, he basically wanted to do the same thing to his son. Um, that that's why he is so locked up. That's why he's so angry. His delivery is very similar to the way that Penelope says aberration and the way that she acts towards Cheryl. Yeah. We know that Penelope grew up in the Sisters of the Quiet Mercy. What if she went through the same therapy, even though she was little, even no. though she was younger? I think that that definitely could be. And it does feel like Moose's dad has a little bit of the same relationship where he's trying to punish his son when he finds out he's gay. But he's also trying to take care of him a little bit. He, right. he doesn't try to kill him. He's just trying to scare him to be like, yeah. this life is going to be harder for you. And like the emotional breakdown he is at the end, you sort of start, feel bad for him a little bit. But also you're like, wait, this guy's a fucking asshole. Yeah. He's doing these horrible things. So like they're playing they're playing with these people, these like villains as like, but they're also people. And right. I think that's, and, and that's been pretty consistent with Riverdale across <laughs> the board. It's always been a Riverdale parent. And each time they've been trying to do the right thing by their kids or what. And it's always been their parents that totally fucked them up. Like that's what happened with Hal. Um, I don't think specifically yeah. it was Clifford's parents necessarily, but Clifford was essentially trying to teach Jason a lesson being like, yeah. don't fuck up the family business. Business, uh, and that's how he ended up killing Jason. Yeah. So it's not right, obviously, but certainly that might be. I hope partially. you guys are taking notes for you know since you guys are parents. All right. Oh God! I every single night I give my kids fizzle rocks and I lock them in the gargoyle chamber. God, yeah. Oh <laughs> I desperately hope I'm the kind of parent that uh, a Riverdale parent is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you can only hope. Uh, you can only really try to be that uh, as uh, moist flannel, as Fred Andrews, <laughs> as downright hey, evil as Hiram. That guy is the best parent out of all of them. Yeah, I'm putting together a community BuzzFeed quiz called Which Riverdale Parent Are You? And also, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
So great. So yeah, we do see it's Moose's dad. Uh, like we said, the tearful confrontation. I love this backstory. The Sisters of the Quiet Mercy is becoming this epicenter of yeah. this season. Uh, and I think you're right that it will have roots in whoever we do find out is the Gargoyle King. Um, just to close out the rest of the episode, uh, Tom and Sierra seem happy. Moose, uh, sadly, is moving to Glendale. Oh, man. Uh, so this is a little Easter egg, you guys. Uh, the actor who plays Moose, Cody Kearsley, is actually heading to another show that's on Netflix. Uh, it's a zombie thriller show that I'm blanking on the name of, uh, but it's actually Walking based Dead. on... Yeah, it's Walking Dead. Uh, that's based on a comic book, but not Walking Dead. Uh, weirdly, the zombies in the book are called ghoulies. Uh, oh. But it's set in Glendale, California. So when he that's says, cute. I'm going to Glendale, oh, I don't nod. know for how long. That's a nod to the fact that he's going to be on that show. It has one season. They're filming one season for Netflix. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe not. That's fun. Uh, real bummer. Kevin's boyfriends keep leaving. Oh, yeah. man. That, that was super that sad. Yeah. Super sad. But I do think they do. The way this episode ends with them, like they do care about each other and they they have or at least had a real relationship, which is something that Kevin has been after for yeah. the whole series so far. Yeah. Oh, uh, while we're talking about Easter eggs, that just jogged my memory. Uh, when Veronica is in the car waiting for Reggie to come out after getting shot, she's reading a book called The Girls in 3B, yeah. which is a pretty classic, uh, kind of trashy thriller that has a lot of elements of the episode. There's uh, secret lesbianism, there's cults, there's a lot of other things going on. Uh, so that was another fun little Easter egg. Yeah, there. that was cool. One last thing to say, uh, um, Cheryl makes a new gang for Tony uh, to make up for how she got them kicked out of the serpents the pretty poisons yeah that was a weird but very sweet moment yes and it made me think what is this group of people right (laughs) it's a girl gang what are they gonna do now and so now we have the serpents uh the pretty poisons um cheryl still sort of in charge of the river vixens i would think Mm -hmm. sure (laughs) so what but she's doing this for tony right yeah which uh, i mean getting somebody a gang is a great gift. Oh, and that's an awesome. I'm sorry gift. to spoil a surprise I had for you. Later. <laughs> uh, I like the fact that we got this backstory finally for Tony in this episode through the story that happens in the bathroom earlier on, where we find out that she joined the Southside Serpents because her uncle rejected her because of her homosexuality, uh, and now she's getting that back. Like yeah. I thought that was very nice. It's a weird only on Riverdale thing where you get somebody a gang, but it worked for me, and that it's an all girl gang that's something that we haven't seen before. Yeah. It's going to be fun to see them mix it up with the ghoulies and the Southside Serpents and other all the other weird stuff on there. Yeah. Uh, also, the character that we saw towards the end who asked what their name was, uh, that's the new character, Peaches and Cream. Right. Who's going to play a big role coming up the next couple of episodes. We don't know exactly how. Uh, she's played by an actress named Bernadette Beck. Nice. There you go. That's also, some info wasn't for there you. another plug for Bumble in this? Yeah, episode that's as well? big. When uh, Cheryl's, Cheryl's talking to uh, Kevin uh, yeah. about uh, how it's not working out with Moose, yeah. he's like, "Hey, try Bumble," yeah. and then he takes a look. And, she uh, immediately, within mere moments, sets him up a Bumble account, shows it to him. He knows exactly what's going on, and then hands it back. It's great. Great app. Great app. Great app. <laughs> I really am looking forward to that particular plot line really paying off. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the Bumble uh, Gargoyle King is like, any other moments? I've, I've matched with you. <laughs> uh, any other moments we should talk about in the episode before we start to wrap this up? No. Cheryl uh, had an amazing character arc. I'm just super proud of her. Just so happy. Across the board, I think everybody, uh, yeah, stop. We get it. it out. We get it. What? Fro. 
Come on, bro. What? Bro. You love her. Yeah. yeah. Cheryl's amazing. Yeah, she is amazing. Yeah. But calm it down. No. Put I on won't. some put on some pants. Take your pearls off. Uh, no, I won't. All right. <laughs> Dude. I'm gonna wear my pearls and I'm gonna be super proud of Cheryl. <laughs> All right, fair all enough. Right. Good. Uh this episode was great. Uh let's talk about two things. First of all, what do you think? What's your gargoyle king theory at this point? Do you have a new one who the final, the Uber Gargoyle King might be? Well, a couple, I think. The uh, f- well, first off, it feels like the gargoyle king is something that anyone can use to serve their needs. It their seems like evil, if quote unquote, you evil need needs. A bad guy, you can be the gargoyle king. It'd yeah. be interesting. I could. So see- you're, sorry, you're saying it's like Spider-Man into the Spider Verse, where anyone can wear the mask. It's the same sort of like. Uh, the same moral. Uh, yeah, I guess sort of the dark side of that. Anyone sure. who's trying to um, uh, strike fear in other people or do something uh, horrible to other people, take Why advantage of them. Use the gargoyle king into the gargoyle first. Yeah. Um, because that's we have so many instances. We have the uh, Sisters of the Quiet Mercy doing that. Uh, we have Hiram doing that. We have Tallboy. And now we have uh, Moose's dad. So it's so far, it's weird to me they've revealed the gargoyle king to be so many different people. So now when they, if they reveal and like, now this is actually the gargoyle king, it doesn't feel as powerful unless they sort of change the story to a point. So it may be that, that the Gargoyle King is a mantle that is like a sickness. Uh, a Ricky group. mantle? Uh, yeah. A Reggie mantle? No, Ricky is his dad. Uh, I got you. Yeah. Uh, a Mickey mantle? That's good. <laughs> a lot of uh, great ideas here. Uh, Christmas mantle? The uh, But I'm saying like that could oh, be... Oh, that explains the ball game thing from earlier. Yeah, that makes sense now. Uh, I think that that could be what it is. It's sort of like a, a Riverdale uh, mass uh, hysteria. That sure. Has that inflicted the town? Uh, I'll throw one out to you. This is only based on this episode, and as we do it with Riverdale, it's going to change next episode. But maybe Penelope, just because she, as we talked about, was in Sisters of the Quiet Mercy. We know that's where it started. She was the only person in the room who discovered the skull with the get out message on it. We already know she was the dungeon master of the Midnight Club back in the day. Yeah. We know she said that she wasn't, she didn't do it. She had no idea what was going on, or who said the guard. Gargoyle King invitations. Maybe she did. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure in that sex dungeon, she's dressed up as the Gargoyle King a bunch of times. Oh, just for fun. What? Yeah. Like in a sexy way? Yeah, definitely. No, well, that has to be a request. It's yeah, such a thing like, in the can town. Can you be a sexy Gargoyle King? Yeah. Yeah. Can you bone my sticks? Come on and bone my sticks. Cool, 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 cool. My, I mean, I think based on the way the season is playing out, I feel like the Gargoyle King has to be someone who is in the Midnight Club. Right. Uh, so You keep trying to force that agenda, but, you know, the Gargoyle King is just whoever wants it. It's there. You well, can- no, but I'm saying, like, that's one theory that I was talking about, but this is, I feel like, that's why I really think it's going to be Hermione, and I think we're going to tr- track her back. The reveal will be that she was at the Sisters of the Quiet mm-hmm. Mercy, and it was the first to sort of create the Gargoyle King. Interesting. Well, Alright, we'll see what happens. Uh, last thing before we go, used to do Betty or Veronica for the episode, not doing that anymore, but, as a request. Uh, well, not, as a request, we started as of last episode. Now we're just going to do MVP of the episode. Who won the episode? Character-wise, Pete, I think I know who you're going to say. Hit it anyway. Tony. What? What? <laughs> what? Yep. Whoa! Swerve there. Bizarro swerve. Why yeah. Tony, Pete? Because uh, Cheryl is a force. An amazing woman, but she is very forceful, <laughs> and it took an amazing uh, amount to stand up to that. And I think Tony did an amazing job fighting for herself. Wow, Tony, one day, only day. Oh, my gosh. You just touched my heart, Pete. 
Uh, well, I really see a, a gap, a niche here. I'm going to go with Betty. Uh, <laughs> really great to see her in the episode. She popped up and was like, all I do is write. It's oh, just uh, so great seeing her make out with Jug. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to pick Cheryl then. Uh, cool. Cheryl was so good in the episode. She's always so good. But as we talked about, incredible emotional journey for her. Um, she uh, was the true star of this episode. I love the plan. I love the emotion. Um, I loved what Madeleine Patch did across the board just in terms of her acting job. Oh. Um, and it really pushed the character forward in a big way, in a way that yeah. we haven't seen Probably since her coming out storyline last season. So and that the college great. interview, which she did there. Oh, well, so. the other thing that did, which was really interesting, is it established potentially where the show can go in two years because yeah. they only got another year left of high school. And we, now we know, surprise, there's at least one college in Riverdale. In this universe. And yeah. there's probably a community college as well. And so she's old. already getting Tony in. So mm-hmm. uh, she's just got to pull some favors for uh, the dumber members of the Archie gang. <laughs> uh, Archie can get it on a music scholarship or something like Definitely. that. Definitely. And we haven't actually got his SAT score yet. You never know. Yeah. Oh, he skipped out of the SATs, remember? Yeah, but I bet he still got some uh, <laughs> Archie <laughs> credit. Yeah. Yeah. You can take, you can <laughs> take him to I'm everything. I will say I, I would actually give it to uh, Kevin. Uh, for the episode, okay. I thought his uh, uh, the emotional arc he had to go, he had to just hit so many marks throughout the whole episode that I thought were uh, hard uh, and great. Cool. Guys, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat about Riverdale or whatever you want. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Find us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out also at Riverdale Dark. And uh, we have a new Instagram account at Riverdale After that I set up. Uh, we'll see if I put some pictures up there. So. All right. That's great news to us. Uh, yeah, there you go. Oh, sorry, I forgot well, to tell Insta. you guys. Check it out. Uh, also, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. And we'll see you in the light. Tea.